1: Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: This podcast is proud to be part of the talk Sport Fan Network.
0: TalkSport. Powered by fans.
3: Merry
2: Christmas and welcome to the Yellow Block podcast on the Talksport fan network. Since we last recorded, we've played once, won once, with yet another clean sheet. This is becoming quite the habit. Joining me this evening to discuss that, I've got Mr. Jared Farmer. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I've also got Mr. Dan Topnut Weldon from, uh, I would say, Sonny Bolton, but we know it's not. Good evening. I'm delighted to welcome back Harry as well, a novice, Stella Lone signing. Hello, sir.
4: Hello, hello. Good evening.
2: How are we all doing? Yeah, I'll start off very well, very well. Not too bad. Good. I'm glad you started off, Jared, because I need to ask quite why you are sat next to a Hoover.
3: Is it date night with the Dyson? No, it's a charging station where it just stands on like a little rocket. Oh. But true story, I did empty it before because it looked really rough. Right. I mean, it doesn't look
2: that much better. I'm not going to lie. Your backdrop is literally a Wilco's sort of knockoff Christmas tree and uh, a Hoover. That is correct. Police have not got a fence for a door. Yeah, very true. Uh, Dan, when I said, are we all good? You pulled a face. I mean, it wouldn't be Dan if he wasn't upset about something. Right. But, uh, how's life in the Northwest? Has he paused? Or- no, I know. he's pretending to freeze. Uh, is he, is he there? What now the now he's dropped his headphones. What's happening? Really? It's your knockoff Christmas tree. Apologies. Uh,
5: there was a God almighty bang. Um, he'd I been robbed. No idea whether- well, I don't know. Possibly.
2: Um, could make for quite an entertaining episode, though. Something well, it could, yeah. Robbing your house. No, I was just saying, when I said a wheel good, you pulled a face. Um, now, we wouldn't expect any different from you, but what's up?
5: Well, it's just the silence, isn't it? I mean, it's obviously a well known fact that I'm the depressive person on the pod. Numerous people have asked if I, uh, I'm seeking help for my disposition. and you know, I'm glad the viewers are worried about me, but for now, we'll, we'll just say I'm fine.
2: Tis the season, Dan. Uh, Harry, how are you doing, sir?
4: I'm well. I'm on the back <clears> at <throat> the back end of a of a chesty cough, but I'm I'm pretty much fine now. But yeah, yeah, it feels that, like everybody's winter winter bugs. Not COVID. Didn't test. Not COVID. But uh, yeah, you I'm, did I'm, do a test.
2: Yeah, it. test. Yeah, feels like everyone's got that kind of chesty cough going on at the minute. But um, never mind. As long as it's gone and it's cleared up by Christmas, which is this time next week. Which leads me nicely, uh, Jared. Have you done your uh, Christmas shopping yet?
3: And um, for children, yes, my children, Jesus. Uh, not for my wife, no.
2: Well, luckily, I've got some, I've been doing some groundwork here. And when I say I, I mean producer Danny. And I've got some stellar Christmas presents for you from other football teams' ranges here. Uh, I'm just going to share my screen. I appreciate this is a podcast, but we will describe this as we going along. And, and starting off quite strong, I feel, uh, hopefully you fellas can see this. These are Man United Clippers, so there's a pair of um, Remington Clippers there, uh, with a Man United crest on. Jared, if you think Chloe would be interested in that in any way, no, I don't think so. No, okay, moving swiftly on then, uh, to number two, which obviously uh,
4: Remington to Regulon,
2: regular, like we
4: did there. How about this, Joe? This might first, I thought it was a player branded.
2: That, that would be, I mean, that would be taking it even, that would be extra effort, to be fair. Uh, w- what about these farmers? Some uh, Chelsea dog pyjamas?
3: I thought that was a bib for a baby. No, it's for your dog. Uh, All your right. Uh, I was about to say, yes, I'd have that. i get used out of it. I don't have a dog, so no, we'll pass.
2: Okay. Uh now how about this? This is one of my favorites. This is a Gosh. West Ham Lego Santa. And and just for those of you that are listening, all I can really describe here is it's it's essentially a Lego Santa and to be fair, it looks quite complex, but the only way it's in any way branded to West Ham is it literally says West Ham on the top and then there's a tiny little crest that isn't even part of the Santa. I'm not quite sure how they've managed to to pull it's got that a heavy sack, up. isn't he? He yeah, does have a heavy sack, and obviously this time next week, he'll be uh, emptying his sack on your, your kid's floor as well. Uh, moving on, Crystal Palace tape measurer. Who wouldn't want that for Christmas? It's, it's gone Tim, out. Tim, why this. is
3: it set at four inches? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Crystal Palace tape? I mean, who wouldn't want Chloe would love that, wouldn't she? Well, yeah, it's on the right setting for me, so yeah, it'd be all right. It's on 10... 10 in- yeah. You wish it's 10 inches, yeah. Actually, um, what how, how tall are you? 6'9. I'm uh, six foot two, but they're two different measurements. Uh, number five, this is a personal favorite of mine. Bayern Munich fondue set, uh, for Christmas. It's like a bomb kit, <laughs> it's not, it's... Harry. This is, I mean, I can see your face lit up. I can order you one, I can't guarantee it'll be here right, in time. I was gonna
4: say, this is this is even less. Bayern munich than the santa was west ham there was no claret of blue on that and this i can just oh yeah you're zooming in now for the benefit of the people listening and i could just about see half of one emblem of munich and yeah. that is it the rest yeah. of it just may as well be a normal stove that also looks a little bit like a i don't know a centipede it's got like little <laughs> legs
2: it does. And yeah, it's a valid point. It's not particularly well branded, but you just know it'll be three times the price of the same fondue set without the branding on. Uh, number six. Now this is, uh, I like this one, Jared. I feel like this would be right up your street. So this is a AFC Bournemouth Christmas jumper and it comes in two styles. Uh, I've been nice with some cherries or I've been naughty with some some cherries. Uh, Jared, is this something that would take your fancy at the worst Christmas do, do you think? That's a combined jumper though, isn't it? Yes, but the, I think the point is that you can. Uh, yeah, you, know, can you can join twin life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you've got, well, I mean, it's quite a niche market. Granted, It'd probably needs to of, be fair. Like, well, that, this with no one else in it. This is what I was thinking is we could get you that. I feel like that would be a good it secret. Absolutely center. hideous. No, horrendous, isn't it? Uh, a Southampton lip balm. Now, Dan, how um, big is it? Well, that's a personal question. Dan, I know that, you know, you look like a man that knows his way around a moisturiser. Um, some Saints lip balm, do you think?
5: I, I don't know how to take the first comment, but it's, it's not for me, to be honest, Tim. It, it doesn't look like it's a, a very reputable brand.
2: Well, is it? Yeah, that, that well-known, uh, you know, cosmetics brand, Southampton FC. Well, uh, supposedly th-
5: Rishi sumach's favourite club, so maybe he's got one.
2: Yeah well no comment although uh, hold that thought because we will be circling back around to politics and posh very shortly. Um, Newcastle United coat hangers. Uh, I feel like this is what we all need in our life and what I like about this one is they are literally just plain black coat hangers. The only branding is on the packaging. (laughs) There's no branding on the actual coat hanger itself which I feel like would be a little bit of a Moving on, though, to my absolute favourite and Crystal Palace make a second appearance. This is the last one that will put you out of misery. Uh, this is by far my favourite of the Christmas uh, range. Uh, Crystal Palace aftershave. Um, and It kind of got me wondering if Posh were to make an aftershave, what it would smell of, uh, what it would smell like, I should say. So uh, I kind of wondered, Jared, what you suspect it would smell like. I
3: think it would smell like a tin pot. I
2: mean, that's not we're we're flying, absolutely flying. But it does raise a point, does it not? That our range of products feels quite limited and poor compared to. Uh, I want some posh lip balm. I feel like that's something that we're missing out on as posh fans now. Harry, you look like somebody that would enjoy a posh fondue set. Maybe a posh tape measure every now and again when you're doing some DIY.
4: Absolutely, every single one of what you've just shown, posh version, whatever the aftershave is, it will of course be the best in class. It will be the best of all the aftershaves.
2: Uh, New story is in actual football posh stuff, rather than talking about what we wish we had in uh, our Christmas stockings. Um, Finally got a resolution to this ownership battle that's been going on. Uh, Mac confirmed as majority shareholder. We kind of confirmed, I guess what we, we're probably expecting in in that respect. Um, released a statement to confirm there's still debt. I guess Harry, if I, I start with you, this was I mean this was big news certainly off the pitch. You feel like this is good or, or bad for the club?
4: I think the certainty is good. So we now know that there's been, as per the press release, a, agreement on exactly what the figure is, amount of debt outstanding. What that number is, we don't know. We don't know whether it's gone up or down since the last accounts. And the last accounts that we've seen were back from uh, the summer of 2022. So we're, what, 18 months behind currently, knowing exactly where the debt's at. Um, But it's a good thing that, you know, we were at a point where a few months ago in in the transfer window, we were having articles come out which which were say that the club was on the verge of falling apart. We had to sell all our players just to keep afloat. The actual company that the stadium's held in is in administration, so that remains a concern. Um, but at the same time, I think that the it's clearly a positive step. All, I, I, all caveated with the fact that we can't know exactly what position the debt's in. And some of the targets that DMAT mentioned over the summer on the commercial side of things, like... Um, getting $9 of revenue, for example. He mentioned that on the um, spaces that he did with John and I. Uh, We've got no idea whether that's been hit or not. We're so far behind in terms of what's publicly available. So it'll be interesting to see in March, which is, what, only three months away now, whether those targets have been hit. Um, But, yeah, a good thing, definitely.
2: certainly feels like it had a positive spin on it. Dan, we, I should say we as a podcast got win. should we say that there was this uh, athletic article that was due to be published on Friday prior to the statement that came out from uh, from Darrow. And so um, I, I don't say it was a surprise that we got the, the statement from Darrow. Clearly they knew it was coming as well and, and wanted to get in there first. I feel like he played it uh, brilliantly in terms of how he pitched the interview, how he pitched the statement and so on and so forth. Um, and it seems to have been received incredibly positively uh so i suppose naturally i would look to you for the um the flip side of that opinion potentially <laughs> well,
5: it's been played very well and you know the, the first thing they'll teach you in in business relations is get ahead of the story and he did that very well um and you know it's it's probably changed the the attitude of fans to the news and and sort of changed the narrative quite a lot in terms of you know how we're Perceiving all the information that was thrown at us because it was it was a lot, you know. It was like six different points, all all condensed into a. This is, you know, posh going forward, and it's sort of a, a complete U turn on on what we've had in the last four or five years, which was you know, it seemed as if he was uh, Demac that is was sort of slowly trying to phase himself out, prepare for succession, and and potentially get out of football or at least Peterborough United, and and obviously now that tactic hasn't worked or he's decided to go against it or, or, you know, whatever. You know, I'm not saying any of this is facts. This is purely my opinion. But obviously, it, it seems like he's tra- trying to take control of it now to sort of rescue what potentially could have been a much worse position than we already were, which was obviously, as Harry said, you know, stadium company being an administration, the the potential financial stability of the club in question. And, you know, I, I think it's, I think Harry's put it perfectly to be honest we're still severely behind where we'd want to be in terms of up-to-date information and knowing exactly where the club is you know officially and financially because it's one thing being told something in terms of the health of the club and, and what's happening backstage but we all know that you know one side of the story is never enough so you know it would be good to potentially hear Jason's side or Randy's side in, in the coming months and years, but I, I don't think we'll ever get to that point, to be honest.
2: Yeah, it's a really interesting point, Dan, actually, because I do feel like that's been lost a little bit over the last week. The focus has been so much on the positivity and what Darrow has said, um, that it's almost like people have maybe not necessarily given to consideration to the fact that there will be another side to this story. Um Obviously, you and I share similar views around around the management and the, the regime that's there at the moment. But um, do do you feel that now we are able to put this to bed as a fan base, or do you feel like there's still questions that maybe need to be answered?
5: I, I think there's far too many questions that need to be answered. You know, I think I don't think many fans are expecting positive news on on the new stadium anytime soon. But it would be nice to know where we're at in terms of, you know, a final. Oh, by the way, it's definitely not happening because you know, we all know it's not going to happen. Let's be honest. But, you know, until we get it in writing from management, we can never be certain. Um, and, and that's the big thing for me, obviously. You know, it was a, a change in, in fortunes for Posh when these investors came in, in terms of, you know, we were really going to start trying to build the club and, and you know, potentially have a bit more backing to be able to do that. I'm not saying that Mac never had a vision to build the club. Obviously, that's always been his primary goal. And, you know, credit to him for everything he did since he, he took over. But the whole sort of attitude around the club when these investors came in was, oh, wow, we've really got the backing now. Let's actually make go of this. And, you know, we, we changed the youth system. That worked out quite well. We changed, you know, things in the back back room. And, and, and things looked positive until COVID happened. And then, obviously, you know, things got curtailed and the club lost a lot of money. And I'm not saying that that was anybody's fault. Obviously, it can't be but it definitely changed the plans and since then I just think as a fan base we've been kept in the lurch a little bit about you know the information that's being shared and and like I say the health of the club and you know when we're just not getting the information that I think we all need we're just being sort of you know shoved off to the side with you have this this is a snippet that will keep you happy
2: while we sort of you know keep trudging along with the the dirt Strong words from Dan Jarrod. Is that a, a viewpoint you agree with?
3: Yeah, some of it. I think we all know there's a bigger picture happening behind the scenes. But for me, um, obviously, the debt's got to be sorted. So if this is, if there's instalment plans in in sorting that out, then then brilliant. My worry is, I think that relies heavily on again, this is my opinion, on player sales in regards to the sell on thrive and Tony, Ronnie Edwards being sold, and potentially more. But um, it's the, the security of the club is what we all care about, isn't it? So I'm not so interested in um, gossip, rumours. He said this, she said that. I'm not interested in that. It's more if we're going forward with Dara, this looks like it's happening. Let's just make sure the clubs can recover from the mess it isn't. It's in a precarious situation, the club. It's, it just is. It's in it's in a dodgy position at the minute. Any um, Anyone thinking it isn't, it's just I know Dara's going to come out and calm the storm. But there is a storm. That's without a shadow of a doubt, and um, it's it is concerning. But hopefully, um, I've always said I've been, I like Dan said, I appreciate everything Dara's done for the club, and and still does to this day. I think he, he really does care for it. I'm not one of these ones who a Dara out necessarily. I do believe he. I think he got. Um, I know I said at the start that he was probably trying to get out of the club, but I do think he got the. Um, jason and randy in for a reason and i still think that reason stands i think he alluded to that in his uh, posh plus interview regarding getting some you know fresh faces in regards to shares locally and things like that and which that may be an option it might uh, you know it might work well but i think he'll continue to be our main voice um so it's going to be interesting to see how we get through this period because it's going to last a while i think
2: yeah, it feels like this saga's gone on a while already, to be fair. Harry, obviously with Spaces and, and you all have quite a good handle on how this news has been playing out, particularly on social media. Does it? Where's the, Where do you think the majority of the fan base is at the moment? Do you think they've kind of lapped up that positivity or do you think there are still uh, a large voice of those that are quite negative and, and critical of Dara?
4: From what I saw, it was pretty positive and... Again, it's the point about a bit more certainty. Dan mentioned the idea that we've been kept in the dark a bit. I'm sympathetic to the fact that there's so many different parties involved, literally across continents. It's very difficult for them to come out and say things that are probably held in, you know, in confidentiality. And also, of course, we've seen evidence that other parties are leaking things to places like The Athletic. And I don't haven't seen an equivalent of that from Dara. And I think we should possibly give them credit for that. We've not seen any negative stories about Randy or Jason in the in the press. Not necessarily would need to be, but um, and not necessarily then leaked anything to the athletic. But clearly, some people who were familiar with the details did. Um, anyway, back to the question at hand. Uh, yeah, fairly positive because of the certainty, which is obviously improved. I guess I'd go back and just say that those who aren't positive so the people who reached out to me their points were things like the debt is likely until player sales come in just to be serviced with more debt so we're likely to see dara borrowing from other parties to then pay off the debts to randy and jason now those other parties may well be closer to him um and you can see some of these they're called debentures on company's house. They're basically debt agreements on company's house. Where earlier this year, some people who are literally related parties to Dara appeared to put money into the club. We don't know how much the money was, and we don't know how long it was for or the terms of that. But it does look like there's a little bit of it coming in one hand and going out the other. Again, I'm sympathetic to the fact that you can't turn this around overnight, and better to have debt from parties that are closer to Dara than uh, you know. A, a, group of angel investors over in Canada Um, but that's the other side of the coin that I saw from the few dissenting voices who said this isn't really anything to be excited about yet
5: I, I would say as well I think it's all important for us to sort of note and acknowledge that football fans in general and this isn't you know a comment on Peterborough fans it's just a comment on the state of football at the moment, we have a tendency in the modern age to sort of think that we're entitled to all the facts and all the information and everything that happens behind closed doors, because we all, you know, in terms of a, a passion point of view, we have a stake in the club, and there is, as Harry said, as, as as Jared said, there's a lot that goes on that, just you know, purely by the context of non-disclosure agreements and, and the like, that we should not and will not be privy to ever, or certainly not, you know, for a period of five, ten years prior or, or or past it. So there's a lot of information and a lot of facts that we will want to know and would expect to come out in the future that simply aren't. And I think at this point, it's purely just a waiting game until the likes of Dara, Jason and Neil, you know, the, the parties directly involved with this agreement or, you know, any future agreements in terms of the remaining shares that that the Canadians have and and that Dara doesn't, you know, until we actually get a statement from the club, it's all hearsay, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's fair enough. That one thing, Harry, just to, to kind of circle around to what you were you were saying. Obviously you mentioned a couple of you now have mentioned about player sales. Now Dara is always really keen to make sure that the press coming out of the club doesn't indicate that we're desperate to sell he mentioned it in the posh plus interviews he mentions it all the time around uh you know clubs come in and take the Mick because they think that we're desperate to sell it kind of feels like maybe that is the rhetoric that's being pushed out here which is that we are relying on player sales to help with this debt as you mentioned now don't get me wrong we have a lot of good assets in this squad at the moment obviously edwards is the one that everyone will think of but i mean let's be honest there's There's several in this this team that could easily make good money for the club, but do you feel that maybe he scored a little bit of an own goal in as much as other clubs will see all of this and go, well, they need these player sales to help with the debt side of things.
4: He openly said, again, this is in the spaces over the summer, that ideal place would be nine million in revenue and eleven million in a cost base which is then made up with player sales. Player sales don't go towards revenue, they go to other income in the in the um, accounts. So he is building a business model, and I don't think this is one that is unreasonable, where a small amount of player sales, and if you're in the championship, two million really isn't very much player sales at all, um, are built into your business model. I don't think it necessarily means that it's an own goal. If, the fact is the debt has now been agreed as a a singular figure. We won't know what has led to that point. Um, It could well be that there are contingencies that, you know, when a player is sold, maybe it'll be an X percentage has to go towards servicing the debt and nothing else that could possibly be part of it. Well, and we will will never know and it's complete speculation. Um, But the, um, yeah, the I don't necessarily see it as an own goal, given that being p United Football Club, it's very difficult to get to the point where we're bringing in 15 million a year. We just we just never will, I don't think. We're not commercially big enough and we don't have a big enough gate. So it's, it, a lot of other clubs are in that same situation and we wouldn't necessarily be low-boiling them on fees ourselves. You know, we spent somewhere between half a million and a million to Exeter
2: on Archie Collins, right?
4: I'm sure they're the same as us. They have to sell players to keep afloat.
2: Maybe we just need to start selling posh aftershave. Maybe that's the key to unlocking all of this. I feel like we could probably make 15 million there. Uh, Joe, just kind of wrapping up on on this, I suppose. My, my, my I mean, we, we've spoken briefly around um, Jason and Randy leaving when the news broke uh, a couple of weeks back. I think, obviously, Randy, we know, wasn't overly involved from a football side. His, let's be honest, he was there for the stadium. I think most fans would would agree with that. I think he would agree with that. Uh, Jason, though, no, I, I will uh, miss in terms of his diversification of our our income streams, and this is no slight on Dara, but Dara's business model, as, as Harry alluded to there, has always very much been that kind of uh, buy cheap, sell uh, expensive Um that's how he's made his money. That's how he's kept the club afloat. That's fine. That works. But I, I've always said that I feel Jason was great at realising that there are other ways to make money for this club, such as improving the youth, such as trying to improve the, co- the commercial revenues uh, at the club. I guess I worry, Jared, that with Jason gone, that we will revert back to plan A, uh, which is great when it works, but has a ceiling, which we've hit three times now. Uh, do, do you feel that Dara... Uh, as, as, a, as a solo owner, as a majority shareholder, is still in the, the right position to take the club forward.
3: I quite like him in the position he's in. Now, that's a part of the problem, I think, because he's quite heavily involved in the football side, isn't he? In regards to scouting as well, that's a huge thing for him. He enjoys that, and he's got a track record of being good at it. No one's knocking him for that. But like you say, there's other revenue streams, and I think he's alluded to in the past where Jason come in and, and brought a lot of you know, other ideas, in and so did, so did Stuart. So, naturally, you're going to miss that because there's only, you know, one brain thinking about it now. I know there's the staff there, but you know what I mean, uh, with actual financial interest in making it happen. So, I think we will lose out in regards to that, but um, it's nature of the beast, isn't it? They've left now, so, well, still got the shares, but you know what I mean, it's not going to be the same as it was before. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if we still continue down that path. The stadium thing that Dan spoke about, is. Not going to happen. Absolute pie in the sky is not going to happen at all. It's, and it and it won't happen. Um, I think that's a part of why uh, Jason and Stuart are not no longer with us in, in the capacity they were before. I think they had good intentions for the club. I've always said that. Obviously, the end goal is always to make money and that would have come through um, the stadium, I'd have thought. so. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds.
4: I'd be interested to know what, stake they still hold in the stadium company to be honest it's probably something i could go look up but i wonder whether they are completely out of that as well because i didn't necessarily get that from dara's posh plus interview they're clearly not involved in the main club company yeah he didn't give a lot of way around the
2: the details of that did he
4: sorry and maybe they've held like an interest in the stadium just in case that you know the council completely changes and after the next round of council elections, we get a group who actually do want a new stadium in the in the centre of the city, mm-hmm. and then they could maybe get their money back that way. Because if you you could tear down London Road and turn it into uh, apartments, and it would make far more than it does
2: now. Like which was all, which is always the plan, wasn't it? Let's be yeah, honest. exactly.
4: And I'm sure that was probably yeah. I don't know why they necessarily walk away from that if there's a chance of it happening in the future. Yeah,
2: yeah. It just feels. I, I mean, you know, certainly with Jason, I, I know that we. Had perhaps a strained relationship towards the end, but it it, feel, it does feel like a uh, a bit of a bad breakup in as much as it's maybe you know it's the right thing to do, but it's it's still it still hurts a bit a little bit. I, I feel like Jason will be a bigger loss maybe than some of the fan base. Uh, are realizing um now here's the one for you randy and jason potential yellow block hall of famers i've got some justification behind this uh, jason so he's been on the show a few times and we did have a good relationship with him for the majority of his time at the club uh randy obviously been on the show as well he pushed for the yellow block in the new stadium and we do still have a a good relationship with randy to this date uh so will could we get either of those uh, inducted into the prestigious yellow block hall of fame now we need a majority vote by the host so watch this space that vote will be taking place between now and the new year uh so in 2024 we will bring you the uh, the outcome of that will jason and or randy make it into the yellow block hall of fame dan you screwed up your face i'm guessing your initial thought is no
5: I'll be honest with you, Tim, I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'm in big trouble, so uh, I, I, I prefer not to speak. I
2: don't know what you mean.
3: Jared, does it feel like something that you could back? Potentially. I think they did a decent job. I've got a lot of respect for um, Stuart for reasons I'm not going to say. Um so yeah, we'll see. Let's, let's see what happens. But yeah, I'd back him.
2: Uh, some comments on the statement that came from the club as well as the Athletic article. Uh, Emerald Posh says, this is far from over, but good to see we've taken a positive step and communicated it in the right way. Uh, Jazz Photography says, Darrett is just the best owner a club could ask for. He's never stopped trying to achieve the best things for the club, even when things start to get tough. No wonder other clubs fans idolise him and want him at their club. Even when he eventually leaves, he'll still be a Posh fan. Uh, and Seamus Walker says, a very interesting article. It's good to see that D-Mac and Posh we're not at fault. Sorry that it happened, but please, the club are moving forward through it. Uh, there's a lot of politics involved, isn't there, in um, in this kind of thing. Uh, but politics has also made its way onto the the posh uh, hemisphere this week. Uh, somebody uh, appears to have used Cameo to uh, get a message through from a certain divisive Nigel Farage. Just have a quick listen to this. Up with the posh and down with Cambridge and Ricky J.
3: Jones is the second coming of the Messiah to
2: so there we go. So it doesn't matter what your views on Nigel Farage are. He um, he's clearly fun. I mean, I didn't say it, but I'll, I'll take that. Um, yeah, this was this came out of nowhere, uh, and credit to the people <laughs> that did it because it gave us all a good laugh at a time when maybe I don't know. knew. Uh, yes, yeah, so Nigel Farage down with Cambridge, um, and Ricky Joe Jones is the incoming of Messiah, which is good. Uh, on the pitch, then it's been another good week. Uh, tough game away at Fleetwood. Uh, we all, uh, all those of us that were on the pod last time, unanimously said this would be a tough one. Um, Fleetwood nil, Posh one. This was the most one nil I've probably ever seen. It could have been four or five by half time, if I'm honest. Uh, dominating performance. Randall missed, I would a hat trick. Uh, Archie Collins scored an absolute belter, and Bilo came good with a couple of good saves. Uh, towards the back end of this one, Dan, what was your uh, your summary of Fleetwood away? I thought it was a good
5: performance. You know, Fleetwood is is typically not a stadium we do well at. Um, so to, to come away with uh, with three points from that game, I'm, I'm very happy with. You know, their keeper had an absolute blinder, pull off like five or six incredible saves. I could say to, to come away with with three points in you know, a stadium that we don't do well at, you know, typically Northwest games just suck for us and they're doing quite well for us at the moment. You know, obviously Blackpool and and Bolton come to mind. You know, it we're in a really good stand at the moment in, in terms of position and, and results around us and and long may that continue.
2: Yeah, a couple of the stats Harry caught my my eye. I'll I'll throw this to you because Jared doesn't like stats, but um seventy-three percent possession. 646 passes versus Fleetwoods 242 and a pass accuracy of 89%. It was, by the last, let's say, 10, 15 minutes, uh, a really well-rounded dominating performance and realistically should have been more than one.
4: Yeah, I remember the days when we last had a manager who obsessed about number of passes in a game. Anyone remember what Graham Wesley wanted us to do per game in terms of passes? Anyone remember the uh, in one of his first interviews what he said?
2: Was it around a thousand? You wanted five hundred, and we're now hitting six forty in a game. You know, Wesley ball. That's it. We're playing Wesley (laughs) ball. Beyond
4: Wesley ball, we've transcended West Wesley Wesley ball. We are. We're in Fergie four ball. Um, Yeah, I mean, it. It was a. It was exactly as it was a unstoppable object meeting a um or an unstoppable force meeting a very movable object in fleetwood who have looked pretty dire um four wins and four draws all season for them and that is it i mean it's pretty <clears throat> it's not surprising their keeper made some incredible saves i was happy to see uh below make a number of good saves as well especially towards the end and uh, yeah, just, just an all round dominant performatory. It's not not a lot to be said. It's not nice and clean. Obviously, we've hoped they didn't have any chances at the end, but we managed it. Keep did his job when he needed to. So it's great.
2: Yeah, and I don't feel like we ever looked threatened, really. I know Bilo made a couple of good saves, but I always felt like we were going to hold on to that win, and that's very unposh like. Uh, Jared, this was a, a good win, and it is one of those ones where we'll look back and say, you know, that was the A season defining moment. But I mean, credit to, you know, we've touched on Bilo, but credit to the defence. It's it's, the, it's another clean sheet. They're, you know, these clean sheets are just coming faster and faster now. Um, this feels like a team that's becoming, as Harry said there, a real, you know, powerhouse in terms of it doesn't matter who we play. Tactically, we can adapt to that situation.
3: Yeah, 100%. I was talking to a friend the other day, not one of you, like before you picked me out on that again. Um and we were comparing it to teams of old who have gone up and, you know, I was looking at man to man. I'm starting to think, you know, I think this team's better almost. It's, we've always been weak defensively and um, midfield. You've always had like maybe one good player. And then obviously attacking players have always had, but we seem to have a bit of everything at the minute. The, the keeper, some argue it would say is still questionable, but he's been solid recently. And um, the defense, I really like, um, the midfield again, them two in the two, uh, Kipriano and Collins is unbelievable, and and the the way we go forward attacking is is something else. I'm I'm absolutely loving watching us play football this season, and I wasn't expecting it. I think that's why I'm probably enjoying it a little bit more because I know everyone downplayed it at the start of the season, but I think we all thought we would we certainly wouldn't be doing this, and now we're second. I I can honestly see as I speak now on the 18th of December us winning the league. I know it sounds, I almost feel like i my Highland Springs has got something funny in it, but I really do feel like we could go on and um, just go on a hell of a run and and, and win, and win the league. I really do. Um, so yeah, let's hope it happens. Yeah, I don't think you're a million miles off and actually
2: the, the figures back this up. So most goals scored in the league, it's posh. Highest XG, which I know you're a fan of, Jared, it's posh. Uh, average possession percentage, it's posh. Uh, fewest goals against. We get onto these defensive stats now, which is where we normally know where to be seen. Fewest goals against, we're joint seconds. Uh, and lowest XG against, we're second only to Derby. So
3: the figures are backing up what you're saying, Jared. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the only asterisk I'd attach to that is January. I've said it from the start. Um, it scares me. Yeah. Um... <sighs> You could say yeah, the way we're playing football, Ronnie, would he change that possibly? Because he starts a lot of the play, doesn't he? Um, and he does add a calming influence at the back. So, yeah, it's it's worrying. I think Jono, he's going to leave. I've got no issue with that whatsoever. Um, Ronnie Edwards, obviously, no issue with it, but it is a problem for us. Um, I just hope we don't completely give in and sell a Mason Clark or a Poku, uh, Kipriano, someone like that. I think that would just be disastrous we're expecting them to to leave um it's just the effect that has on us you know post january
2: yeah i think alongside uh january there's still uh, i know we've said it before issues around maybe around squad depth so a couple of injuries and suspensions and i feel like the landscape could could change slightly. Uh, in terms of the the table, uh, we've moved into the automatics now. So we are second. Pompey remained top uh, on 48 points. Posh second on 41 points. Uh, Oxford third on 40 points. And what's really interesting now is that it's only Bolton. Uh, we, we've kind of all played the similar sort of games now for the last few weeks Teams have had games in hand. It's only Bolton now that can leapfrog us if they win their, their game in hand. And they're not in great form, let's be honest. Um, Oxford, Stephen, Bolton and Derby make up the playoffs. Um, Derby, I feel, are probably the ones that might go on a bit of a run, looking at the form of the others. Uh, I mean, you, you've got to be happy, Dan. Well, I you've got to be happy, Dan. It's, it's Dan, isn't it? But surely even you're defrosting to this posh side
5: look i i'm very happy with where we are and our results are uh, you know trickling along very nicely on the pitch we're getting clean sheets which you know has been a struggle in the last couple of years um and, and as a whole this team looks fantastic however you know gotta look at the negative side otherwise it wouldn't be me um i'm very much on board with what jared says you know january has you know that that little sort of nag in the the back of my head saying, you know, what if we lose this player or that player or this player? You know, I, I've got it in my head that Josh Knight's probably on his way out, you know, just because he was trying to get out in the, in the latter parts of the window last time. And, you know, as far as I'm aware, he's not got that contract sorted either. So, you know, unless that changes, potentially he's out because the club will like to make money off players rather than let them go for free. Jono, yeah, like you say, we know he's gone. It's not a major issue anymore. You know, obviously Ricky J. Jones started scoring goals. Don't know what's happened. He wants to change his boots. What a guy. Um, but, you know, Jono potentially frees up quite a lot of wages. So, you know, maybe we'd look to get a, another loan player in and maybe sign Kyoso on a, on a permanent, please, please, please sign Kyoso on a permanent. Um, you know, I don't want to be making predictions for the end of the season now when we've got a massive six weeks ahead of us you know we've got what is it eight games to play in the next six weeks and you know 31 days where the entire landscape of the club can be changed
2: by potential three four player losses that we will suffer so yeah it's interesting and obviously we've got Barnsley and Derby back to back to come as well uh, over the next couple of weeks um Kiyosu is a player that we've talked about a lot this season Harry and this kind of will he be recalled and all this this in January? But I came across a really interesting conversation on uh, X the other day between some Rotherham fans, basically talking about Kyoso and how uh, he's made it clear that he doesn't want to be at the club. So, what's the benefit to recalling him if he doesn't want to be there? Do you feel like that might feed into this in terms of will he become our player? Will he just see out his loan for, for the rest of the season? Where do you stand on Kyoso?
4: Well, <clears throat> for us, it's you know consensus no brainer. It would be amazing if we could sign him permanently. He clearly loves the club. There's a lot intangible to what he does for our side. You know, he in- he inspires others to perform. Poku feels more confident bombing forward because he's got Kyoto behind him. The other midfield players know that they've got a strong option to pass out to the right and out to the left as well. That burrows them really well, but. Kyoso coming in in the way that he has to be made club captain as a lone player is just says it all in in and of itself. But big and big, but if Rotherham want their man back and if there is a recall clause, then they'll they'll take it. And they know full well that he's he's a professional guy, clearly, he will just suck it up and he will play for them. I seem to remember that. Uh, in fact, I'm going to look it up now. But rather than what languishing, they are, yeah, they well, they're 24th. They are nine points shy of safety, and they may well think, look, this is a guy who's doing well at the top of League One. We may as well get a player in who's clearly good enough and could probably help us uh, reinvigorate our attacks down the right for our own club. Why have Peterborough doing it for us? And there's clearly no chance, in my opinion. I don't think Dara is bluffing on this. If he says that we're not going to sign Kyoso, then we're not going to sign Kyoso because we, clearly he's just too expensive. Rotherham won't let him go. Um, so I think we should be preparing for the worst. I, I could see him being recalled in January, even though he's made it clear he doesn't want to go. And Rotherham, know he'll suck it up and play his best for them until his contract's up.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because he liked a, a, a message on tweet. Somebody, had, one of the like pages that puts out stats about Posh, uh, about Football Club, sorry, uh, did one about, you know, this amazing run of form that we're on. And he initially quote tweeted it, then deleted it and just liked it. And in, the quote tweet initially said, just getting started with a flame emoji. Um, it's interesting, I thought that, you know, and that was kind of put out and then and then deleted. It's a difficult one with Keoso. Uh Just a brainwave though, Harry. Weren't Rotherham interested in JCH? Maybe we could, you know, send him north, and Kyoso can stay south. It would be great. I think that would be a genius
4: move. I, I don't, I don't think that will happen either because I'm pretty sure JCH wants to move back to the uh, Somerset, the, the, yeah, the West Country.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know he wants to get down that way, but you know they need a striker. They're clearly struggling uh, for goals. You know, got a league, two times League One Golden Boot winner. Well, you have him. Yeah. Do you know what you can have a, 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 a on
4: that. Is we, what? Sorry. A, a quick factoid on that because I've just looked it up as well. Don't give me the name of the player who's the top scorer for Rotherham. But how many goals their top scorer scored this season? Three. It is three. Font of all knowledge. Font of all Rotherham clearly, knowledge. They clearly need a striker. You are right. Sorry for interjecting. Yeah.
2: No, 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 it's fine. I feel like, you know, we could we could do him a deal here. It's like, you know, you take this two times League One winner, you can have him, it. it's fine, it's not a problem, we'll do you a favour uh, and we'll just hold on to your, your young right-back that you didn't want and, that uh, you know, doesn't want to play for you. It's, it feels like, a you know, we'll do you a favour, it's not a problem. Um, I feel like we could find a way to make this happen. But uh, we do need to stop, as a fan base, we do need to stop falling in love with lone players. This happens every year where we fall in love with a lone player uh, and then harass Dara to go out and buy them. It isn't realistically never going to happen. Uh, and then we rinse. It worked with smonics. Rinse and repeat the following season. Yeah. Oh, who is absolutely uh, boss in the championship now? Uh, to be fair, um, Harry, just kind of wrapping up on Fleetwood uh, and where we are as a club at the moment. Um, I would say are you happy with where we are at this stage of the season, but that feels like a, an obvious question to ask. I suppose you know, Jared and Dan have, have mentioned around January. Do, do you think we can sustain it? Do you think we can hold this position?
4: uh so if, I don't know if this goes out with video, but <laughs> if it's just audio, Dan is shaking his head and I'm completely with I'm completely with Dan. I'm last time I came on this pod, I said that we finished 14th and the last time I predicted it on uh, the spaces that we did a few weeks ago before the Cambridge game, I said that I now think we're going to finish eighth. I'm going to stick with eighth. I think we should not underestimate how much of a force Ronnie is he builds everything out for us and losing him will have far more of an effect on us than we can conceive of yet. And it will take us a couple of injuries, especially to someone like Kipriano or Collins, where Fuchs or de Havilland has to pick up the slack and neither of them... I mean, clearly Fuchs is not a you know string multiple passes together kind of guy. He's a defensive enforcer. And de Havilland, I think he's still finding his feet at League One level. And with games like... Barnsley, Derby, Charlton I know, sorry, Barnsley's in December but we've got a tough month coming up and I think it'll be a month of flux with players going in and out or having speculation on them and yeah, as you've also mentioned, uh, I don't know if it was Jared or Dan, but yeah, there's the risk of other players as well going, like Knight or even Poker or Mason Clark, if big bids come in and uh, yeah with that all in mind, I think that we will see a, no collapse, I'm not expecting that, but there'll be draws where there would have been wins before, there'll be losses where we might have sneaked, snuck a draw and it will just fade away, in my opinion. But I'd love to be wrong, I've been wrong all season so far.
2: Yeah, I think most of us have. I mean, there's no doubt it's a big month off the pitch coming up on the pitch. Uh, these are our fixtures in January away at Derby, home to Crawley, away to Charlton, home to Shrewsbury, and away to Lincoln. So it's a yeah, it's a challenging uh month. Obviously, we've got the um we've got the cup game with leeds to come as well that'll fall in january i believe uh so you know we've got we've got another big month uh coming up uh, quick break and then we will look ahead to our next uh league game which is shrewsbury away died myself there for a second
0: picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order muck delivery now on the mcdonald's app
2: Shrewsbury away then. So uh, if this goes our way and Pompey lose, we could go four points off top. Our record against Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, depending on which part of the country you're from, uh, 122, drawn 18, lost 21. Uh, we have played them in 2023. We played them at the back end of last season when we went on a run uh, away, uh, won 3 nil in that game. They are, I mean, there is the definition of a mid-table team. Uh, they're quite literally mid-table. They seem to win one, lose one, draw one, rinse and repeat. I mean, what do we expect from this, Dan, in terms of Shrewsbury? I mean, it's a team we should be beating on paper. You yeah, know, the bookies have us something like four to seven on, um, which,
5: you know, is pretty remarkable for a, an away team in our league. Um, and I would probably echo that, to be honest. I think, you know, in the form that we're in, we're scoring for fun. You know that the team looks very happy and 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 solid together uh, i think it's very unlikely that we come away with anything but a win now I said unlikely I'm probably gonna live to regret that word because uh, you know it's it's very peterborough like to have this incredible run and incredible sort of you know goal scoring form and then go to Shrewsbury and nil nil so, obviously, you know, a bit of, bit of a pinch of salt. Obviously, we've got Reading on Boxing Day as well that we need to be aware of. But I think 2-0 win.
2: Fair enough. Uh, we'll come to predictions shortly. But, Jarrods, the, the Shrewsbury game, it, I mean, they are mid-table. But, interestingly, they just don't score goals. It's only Cheltenham that have scored less goals than them. And, obviously, we know that... Cheltenham are, are rock bottom. They've only scored 13 goals all season, Shrewsbury. We score that in two games, it feels like, at the minute. Uh, what are you expecting from from this one?
3: Yeah, I think we'll have too much from a sound arrogant as hell on this podcast tonight. But, um, <laughs> like I say, I'm just on cloud nine, absolutely loving it. And I think, uh, yeah, we will come to predictions. But yeah, I think it'll be a comfortable win.
2: Uh, Harry, you are, are be the manager host for this one, so you are on the touchline. Are you changing anything formation wise? What's your game plan? How are you approaching this one?
4: I am going to be incredibly boring and say that I will stick with the exact same eleven that appears to be more or less ever present, unless there's an injury or a, or a suspension. And the the four two three one, the the, the back four, Kyoso Edwards. Knight and Burrows, you've got Collins and Kipriano sitting in front of them and uh, Mason Clark, Randall, Poku and Ricky J. Jones. I mean, if I were to, maybe just to extend on it, if I were to make a change or if there were a change to be enforced, you know, I still think Clark Harris could come in and do a job. And if it, if it ends up being a tougher game where Churisbury should sit deep and Ricky can't get in behind, then there's no problem bringing in JCH, to uh, to do a bit of blunt force trauma to them, just throwing yeah. his weight around and hoping to uh, get a poacher's goal.
2: I feel like um, the only thing to be mindful of, I guess, Harry, is the fact that we obviously we play Shrewsbury Saturday. We then only have two days off before we play Reading on Boxing Day. And then there's only two days off after that before we play Barnsley at home. So we've got three games in what less than a week. Um, does that feed into you? still remaining unchanged. Bearing in mind, you'd like to think we'd have too much red in, but obviously, you're trying to keep your players fresh.
4: Absolutely fair, fair question, fair challenge. I mean, I think you've just got to stick with it until it breaks through, probably through muscular injuries, just through fatigue, and then you make those changes as they they are forced to arise. I think it's difficult. You know, with the exception of maybe Adjaboy for Poku being the most obvious, take one out, bring another one in, who does a very similar role. As I alluded to earlier, De Havilland and Fuchs are very different midfielders to Kipriano and Collins. And it's likewise with any of our other players. Sturge is very different to Burrows. Katongo is very different to Knight. So you've got to think about how that affects the team tactically. I think you're almost better off just sticking with it until you have to make a change rather than trying to think... Okay, if I'm swapping out four or five players, what am I going for? Uh, just with the, just with the thought of trying to maintain freshness, you might overthink it that way.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, Prediction league update for your squadron leader jetwash remains out top on seventeen points. Dell is second on fourteen, and then Karl who makes up the top three on 13 points. Uh, in terms of the, the host table, I uh, would just like to point out at this point, I still hold the lead with 10 points. Uh, joint second is producer Danny and Sam. And you should all be ashamed of yourself because producer Danny doesn't even support Peterbury United. And yet he's in the top 10 overall and he's joint second uh, in the host table. Uh, Dan, you're fourth with seven points. Jared, you're fifth with four. And Nathan is rock bottom with one. Um, now, to be fair, Nathan is a self-confessed two-team Tony, uh, like, well, like many posh fans are, to be fair to him. But uh, now that we know he's a two-team Tony and we're trying to think of uh, forfeit, should he lose? I wonder, now that we've seen the Manchester United Clippers, if perhaps he should be looking to shave his head with said Clippers, Jared, uh, if he does finish rock bottom.
3: I think that's a fair um, punishment for any of us, to be fair. If we if we lose, maybe a skinhead is what's going to happen. Yeah, well, I'm definitely safe.
2: Whilst you've got your, your crackly mic, Jared, what was your prediction for the... Um, Uh, Shrewsbury game. 2 0 posh. Harry, your prediction for this one?
4: Uh, I'm going to be really unnecessarily arrogant. I'll go 6 0 posh.
2: Oh, where's that come from? 6 0. I I mean, fair enough. I'm I'm feeling it. Fair enough. Uh, Dan, you did tell me, but I can't remember what you said. What what was your prediction for this
5: one? It's uh, it's 2 0 for me on this one.
2: All right, uh, I'm throwing in a I'm gonna do what I did with Fleetwood. Um, thankfully it was proved wrong. I'm going nil-nil away at Shrewsbury. I feel like this is where we start to to drop a couple of points, which is fine. They'll they'll happen across the season. Uh tough team to, to um score against, but they don't score either. So for me it's a it's a nil-nil. Uh second game then after the big man has emptied his sack on your floor. Uh boxing day, we are at home at London Road to Reading, uh, who are in all sorts of issues. Now, our record against Reading is not wonderful. Played 18, drawn 15, lost 19. Uh, our last meeting was um, back in August, of course, first game of the season, where we won 1-0 away uh, at the... It's not the majestic anymore, is it? Is it? The car leasing stadium, whatever it's called nowadays. Uh, first game of the season, 1-1-0. They are 23rd uh, in the league. They are having a, a tough time of it. It's fair to say. With that in mind, Dan, do you think this is the one where you perhaps rotate your squad a bit?
5: Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously in an ideal world, you would have the Reading game this Saturday and Shrewsbury on Boxing Day and you could probably make more changes for that Shrewsbury game. Um, But, you know, we don't live in an ideal world we live in this one. And, you know, we have to suffer through what we get. Now, I think it's important to note that yes, this is in 23rd, but they have had a fair few points deductions. So, you know, probably not a fair reflection of how well they're doing this season. Um, but I'd like to think that we've still got enough to, to, to get the win, obviously we played them first game of the season uh, earlier on in in August, and you know that was probably when we were at our worst overall this season. You know, since then we've we've kicked on quite well, and especially in the last sort of two months, we're playing very very well. So you know, I think with us in the form that we're in, we should have enough to to win that game. And if we don't, it will probably be a, a crying shame. But it's a big stadium. It's a big. Atmosphere to uh, to go into, so you know. Let, let, let's see how well we do.
2: It's a big stadium. It's a big atmosphere. You know, it's a home game, right?
5: Oh Christ! I thought it was a away game. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I've got it in my calendar as the away game. No, you know so You're, you're, you're at well. Start. All right. Brilliant. Let Let me rewind thirty seconds. It's a tin pot stadium. It's absolutely tiny. Uh, so you know, to go into that shed with our team and the way we are, I still think we've got enough to beat them. Really. Um, <laughs> that's 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 terrible for me
2: yeah but uh, it is what it is you know it's it's fine I mean you, you talked about it's how played... you said
5: something about the car leasing stadium
2: it is but I'll take the blame.
5: That, that affirmed it in my head I was like oh yeah it's the away game Ah, oh, right yeah sound
2: yeah I'll take the blame down it's fine Jared how do you see uh the Reading game going <laughs> which is at home in Peterborough in Cambridgeshire
3: it is it is at home and I think it's like is it four games in nine days altogether it's it's gonna be very very hectic um I think we will drop points within that time I think this will probably be the game that we do um be, players will players be full of turkey although I don't know why why do we eat it at Christmas because it's shit it's so dry nobody likes it but they are we've all got it for Christmas I um like How's that my ex? you would because you're a very depressed man um I think uh two two i think i, I mean think this I is did... where we'll flip up a little bit.
2: I mean, I didn't ask for your score. I asked, how you thought you know this was going to play?" Oh, out. Maybe,
3: well, That's how I think. I think it will be a draw. I think we'll probably, um, yeah, go ahead and then uh, they'll put it back and it'll finish two-two. Tim, I can't
2: see Redding scoring twice at uh, at posh, which is where the game is. It's not in Reddin, so I, I can't see. I can't see them scoring. But you know, it's you know, Jared. It's your prediction. This is why you are.
3: I've just said we're going to win the league, so I'm just trying to like level things out a little bit.
2: Well, this is why you are um, one off the bottom in the Prediction League, uh, to be fair. I've uh, won three awards. Yeah, yeah. It sounds for nothing. sounds for nothing. You're only as good as you were at your last season. Harry, um, <laughs> Reading at home is... I mean, on paper is a tough game, but, I mean, you'd like to feel like this is a winnable game based on how their, their form's playing out.
4: Yeah, well, I was at the opening game of the season, which was the away game, and we one one nil, and it was pretty tough. They're a physical, physical side, or at least they were with Andy Carroll up top, who is obviously left now. Um, they could have been 3 and all up within 10 minutes, and big Bill of made three massive saves. And frankly, our goal was a bit of a fluke. It was crossed over. Mason Clark somehow headed it, looping over their keeper. And we didn't really threaten that much the rest of the game, although we did we did hold them off. They weren't you know, knocking down the, the door. So it could end up being, as you guys have alluded to, a, a physical game that uh, because we're tired, we struggle to keep up with. So, yeah, I completely agree there's a risk of us losing. But I think we'll win because compared to back then, they've had this four-point deduction. They've lost Andy Carroll. They are throwing tennis balls in the pitch every chance they get. They hate their owner. They're in the relegation zone. I think that their players will be not even fighting for a move in January. They'll just be praying that it comes and they're not really going to be able to put up a fight. I, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be one that we do well in. It'll be after that that we start to struggle with the tiredness, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, fair enough. What's your score prediction for this one then, Harry? I will go with 2-0 posh. 2 posh. Jarry says 2-2. Uh, Dan?
5: Okay, so r- remind me. This one's away from home
2: it's right it's away from home this is this is being played at a neutral venue
5: <laughs> and, and, and and just to, to backtrack Andy Carroll still plays for Reading is that yeah
2: Reading are in the Reading are in the premiership still uh,
5: okay so so we're living firmly in the past fantastic okay well with that in mind then
3: no Steve is the manager as well yeah <laughs> Like,
5: I made a mistake. You don't have to bring it up. God, this is the top knot all over again. Um, no, I, I think we, we'll have enough. Uh, I think it'll be close, much closer than the Shrewsbury game. Uh, I'm going to say 1-0. It's going to be a scrappy one. We'll have a, a little bit of a repeat, but I, I do think we will.
2: Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna copy and paste that. I feel like this will be a one-nil uh one nil win. Uh anyone wanting to use their triple chip this this game week? Are we all anyone feeling overly confident? No, Jared chip hey. Can
5: we remind the viewers of what the triple chip is?
2: Yeah, so this is uh you can use between now and the end of the season you've got one triple chip to use. Basically, Dan didn't listen to the last episode and wants to know what um, what this is. Uh <laughs> between now and the end of the season you can use your triple chip. One game week, uh, where basically the points that you accrue in that uh, for that prediction will be tripled should it come to fruition. You get points for predicting the outcome of the game, uh, and then also three points if you uh, correctly predict the score. It's potentially nine up for grabs.
5: Well, this is what I was going to say. You know, if if we were to, for instance, use the triple chip on Boxing Day what is classed as that game week are we talking It's just, about specifically just one the game. Reading game. Yeah, right, one because, game. you know, technically it's a week and there's three games, you know, so it, spot, it would make sense Spot the legal representative.
2: Spot the legal, <laughs> legally trained person in the, in the group.
5: You, you said week. You know, that's seven days where I come from.
2: All right, well, match then. Uh, which match do you want to use your troop? Do you want to use your tri- I don't want to use
5: mine, oh, thank you very much, so. Timothy. <laughs>
2: sensational i'm glad that we had that conversation uh in other business cambridge united have released a book of their greatest moments i don't know if any of you have seen this this could also be just in time for christmas as well um apparently it's printed on the back of a bus ticket as well so that's uh, that's quite interesting any other business that anyone would like to cover before we wrap up for christmas
3: no no i'd like to hear your opinions more though tim i want to hear (laughs) your, your take on things a lot more
2: Anything in particular, Jared? Because it's been is a reason I've stayed on the fence for this episode.
3: I <laughs> know oh, I don't think you should, though. I think um, obviously you've got a lead with us, but I do think we should. I was tempted to times. I thought, no, is he is he holding back for a reason? So I didn't ask you. But yeah, anything
2: in particular you want to know? You want to know what
3: my thoughts of Christmas are? Or... No, I'd like to know what you. Th- I'd like to know your thoughts on what you made of the the statement from the club in the week, like we've all been talking about. <laughs> the last hour and six minutes
2: yeah so i mean i guess i I echo what you guys said i I think it's really important that whatever our opinion is and whatever we do and say there's there's two things one is that we accept that we don't have all the information available which you guys alluded to and that is important because we're making a we're forming an opinion based on what, what we have available to us and we also, it's also really important that we don't lose sight, I think, of what Dara has done for the club to get us to this point, um, because it's very easy if you are Dara out or anti Dara to disregard that. You know, he picked us up from a time when we were, we were really, really poor, and he's turned us into a team that's playing incredible football. It's fantastic to watch um, this season, uh, but I, I don't, I don't buy all of the charm necessarily that we're getting from dara he's very very good at communicating like incredibly good at communicating he knows how to make people tick he knows what to say and when to say it and how to say it and that is why i, I feel like it's important that we don't get sucked into that too much it's great news in terms of the fact there looks to be a bit more stability but i'm also acutely aware uh, that there is more to this story than we we're aware of. And there is a second side of the story. And I would like to know the other side of that story before we can formulate a a complete opinion. Um, I don't personally, I don't think that it is all as one sided as what has necessarily been portrayed to us and that's purely just an opinion based on the little tidbits that that we get. And obviously, you know, we're in a privileged position that we we maybe get a little bit more perhaps than than other people. But um the truth will out, uh the other side of the story will out. We're we're you know we're actively working on trying to make that happen. So um I don't you know I I suppose I'm trying to sort of be on the fence but also say that let's just not get carried away too much. It's good news that there's that stability, but I'm still cautious because there's been There's been a few issues around Dara's ownership before and I don't want to kind of just get suckered all back into the the world is great and then find ourselves disappointed again if those issues resurface, I suppose, uh, is is maybe where I'm at. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, Jared, but that's kind of...
3: It was very well done, Tim. I'll give you that.
2: <laughs> well, you know, allegedly, I don't want yeah. to land us in trouble. Uh, like, like Again? Yeah, no, the thing is, I mean, look, people know my views on Dara. Um, I'll be, I would be, it would be wrong of me to say I've not warned to him over the last few months, but it's easy to when everything's going well, right? I mean, this is some of the best football we've seen. Uh, you know, we've got a great, great squad. Um, it's impossible not to be endeared to somebody when that's happening. <laughs> And I do truly believe that he wants what's best for the club uh, i don't I think maybe before i've been maybe insinuated that that isn't the case but I do think he wants what's best for the club my my concern is and I suppose it's maybe i suppose shown by the fact he's having to get get funding in from elsewhere my concern is that he cannot afford to take this club forward he's not in a position of um, of stability to be able to grow this club now, to be able to take the club to the next step. And that doesn't disregard the fantastic work he's done up to this point. I'm just not sure he's in in the
3: right position to take us to that next stage. Do you know what intrigues me though, which is bizarre because it's happened so many times and the the answer's always been the same, but I want to see Darren and Dara in the championship again. Just to see, surely they wouldn't, I know we've got financial constraints and things like that, but surely they wouldn't do it the same. I know Dan, you're shaking your head saying they were, but I don't know. I don't buy that Darren Ferguson is a good manager only in League One. I really don't have that. Football is football. I know there's obviously levels to it, but um, I just don't think he's had the right club at that level. I'm not saying that we are, but I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, ex- I'm about to say excited I am. I, just, I would like to see them both at that level again and just to see if it was rinse and repeat or... Should something else happen, I don't know. I've got a funny feeling.
2: Yeah, but I, I think this is what I mean around the kind of Dara seal in potential. I think it would happen again. It would be the same because we don't have the financial impetus to be able to take the next step. and, and look, I'm, I'm, am I'm a realist. I understand that the, the fans, the, the, the attendance that we bring in will only sustain so much. And I was having a debate with somebody the other day who's not a posh fan and he was basically saying that I should be, you know, this should be like the best time of supporting the club and we should be on cloud nine all the time. And we've got this amazing owner. We need to realize where we are. We're not a championship team. And I get all of that, but I think I I can be a realist, but also try and be optimistic about the future. And uh, I suppose that's where the concern comes. It's kind of like once bitten three times burnt in this case, in the championship, because we go up with an expectation that's fed to us and we never get near to that. Um, and I, I guess I, you know, I, I'm not. And I said this when when Jason and Randy came in. I'm not against Dara staying. I just I don't feel like he's individually can take this club to the next step. Now as he's got older, I do think he's got less stubborn, which is only going to serve the club well. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, Dan, you you you're you're a similar ilk. Uh, if we got promoted, I don't think things. I don't think things would be any different to, to previous times.
5: Yeah, I completely agree. I I think it would be rinse and repeat all over again. You know, they showed, and again, this is my opinion, but they showed a complete lack of desire to even give it a proper go the last time round. You know, we went. You on say a-
3: that just to, just interrupt you, Dan. You say <laughs> that, but I remember doing the podcast in the summer when we went up, and we was all quite impressed with the signings that we made, yeah. and we all said that. Hang on, I think we're giving a bit of a shot here.
5: Yeah, and we all saw how that worked out. I mean, from, God, what was it, like December to March or something? We went on a a three, nearly four-month losing streak where we got maybe five points out of a possible 40 or something stupid like that. And, you know, we never sacked Ferguson. He had to take himself out of that role for us to move on. Because the owners weren't willing to do it. They, you know, said, oh, well, you know, no matter what happens, we want him to be back in charge in, in League One. Well, they got that. You know, they had to go the long way around it and, and get Grant McCann in for a little, you know, stop holder in, in the meantime. But, you know, they got what they wanted. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's worked out badly for us in terms of a potential return to the championship. You know, we got very close last year. It's looking like we'll be very close this year, if not there. The problem is, is that when we get to the championship, there doesn't seem to be the planning in place for us to make a proper go of it because despite what we think about the team despite what we think about the levels it is abundantly clear and the gap is only getting more and more you know obvious there is a very clear divide between the quality of league one and the quality of the championship and even more so the championship to the premier league you know teams like plymouth go up and they give it a good go and they're doing very well 100 they're doing very well they've got a very good manager they've got good following and they've not spent a lot of money but the players have adapted very well to that league you give that on the flip side to Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday had the highest points total in the league one history to not be automatically promoted and they've gone up yes they had a change of manager but the squad m- majorityly stayed the same and they were a Abysmal for the first twenty odd games. You know, it's only now they've changed the manager that they've started picking up results, but they still find themselves in the relegation zone, and they're still probably going to end up getting relegated. You know, until we have the financial ability, which will probably never happen, to complete in the championship, we're never going to be the the team that competes, the team that stays up more than one season, and, and you know potentially gets lucky. And I'm not necessarily putting the blame on Darren or Dara. I'm just saying that, you know, it would be nice to have a different approach. And yes, that approach might fail just as badly as as going up with Darren. It probably will be the case, but at least we tried something new. But, you know, going up with the same mentality and the same tactics, it's not working. We've done it three times. We've been relegated three
3: times. Well, cheers, Dan. Now I don't even see the point in getting promoted. You might as well not bother.
2: We did say up once, there. First eighteen. We did, yeah. And but actually, like I mean, obviously, we're you know kind of we've done the League One journey many a time. We know how League One works, but we've tried something different this year, and look at how it's working, right? We're playing some. Of There's the best just some of them games. players
3: in, in the lineup I'd like to see um, in the Championship to see what they could do. Um, I'm not saying we'd go and spend you know, three or four million on, on players and getting them in the door and who, who've got championship experience. That's not going to happen. We know that. But I think it's because we've gone up so many times and failed so many times with Darren. Darren, I just, I would like to see what they would do. Because I remember the um the article Fergie did, I can't remember who it was with, um, but it was, it was a really interesting one about doing the same again, basically, in the championship and that we didn't learn our lessons. I'd just like to... I would like to see what they would do because um if yeah, all of us we think it be, it'd be you'd be the same. I get that, but surely there'd be a plan in place to do something drastically different. Um but I suppose we'll see in the summer, hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, certainly if we carry on the way we're going. I
2: mean it's it is a difficult one because you know, well, but I, I I personally feel like it would be it would be the same. And you, I suppose you get to the point I know we we're focusing specifically on Darryl. I suppose you kind of get to the point where it's like does And I'm not suggesting he doesn't. This is just a a rhetorical question. Does Dara want to sustain Peterborough in the championship? Is it in his interests to sustain us as a championship club versus being a League One club? When we know that his business model and his business ethos is buy, young, sell uh, for a lot of money. Can you do that in the championship competitively? Probably not. The likes of Mason Clark, Poku... Would they shine and increase their value in the championship if we're twenty third, twenty fourth? No, because they wouldn't get the they wouldn't get the 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 freedom that they do in League One to be able to go forward and do their thing. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. I'm not suggesting that he has that kind of. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think of reasons why we don't change anything when we go up, and maybe that's maybe that's one because it's not in our interest to see. For me, and I see your point of view there. For me, I
5: I see it in two prongs. In terms of the way the club currently operates and sustainability in terms of, you know, having the ability to compete in League One every season, absolutely it's not in, in Dara's interest because, like you say, he wouldn't be able to employ the same tactic. We wouldn't be able to buy young because we'd be paying too much and potentially the downside would be too high, you know. But on the flip side, with, you know, what we were speaking about earlier, in mind in terms of you know the original plan with the canadians the way i saw it and tim i think you agree was a succession plan i think if Dara wants a reasonable succession plan where he gets the value that he sees peterborough at out of the club again he needs to sustain us in the championship because i don't think we're going to get a buyer especially not one with big pockets unless we are championship or you know borderline um Like you know, established championship club, you know, until we've been yeah. there a couple of seasons, you know, and we've got a plan. If we're teetering on the relegation zone, or, or you know, can't even get there, I, I just don't see this club as sellable.
2: Yeah, what a kind of worms you open there, Jared. Asking for my opinion. This is why you were uh, three times host of the season because you have that ability to to create that conversation. You see?
3: Absolutely. I think we're all fucked now. Though it's time to go to bed
2: indeed it is uh, well thanks very much for your time this evening fellas and from everyone at the yellow block do have a wonderful Christmas we will be back just after the Boxing Day game to preview uh, the games going into New Year uh, hopefully Santa empties his sack and makes everyone happy uh, this time next week um, Merry Christmas and good Potts
3: This podcast
2: is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered
3: by fans.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 16-123. 116 they are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.